It is such a privilege, um, and you honor us so well. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, so my name is Jeff Winkleman. My wife, Catherine, is right there. And uh, we are the directors. We're the pioneers of this Chi Alpha ministry at UW-Milwaukee. Um, and uh, our heart is to see Chi Alpha not only at UWM, but across the whole city um, at every campus um, so that students can know who Jesus is. Right? This is a massive need. But our story, uh, we moved to Milwaukee two years ago to pioneer. And, uh, and it was really exciting. But, but even before then, our lives, the God has been working in us for a long time. Actually, when Catherine was nine years old, God called her to be missionary. And ever since then, she has had the pioneering, the, the sentness of the gospel in her, the calling on her life to go where people need to hear Jesus who never have or never will or might walk away from him. And 10 years later, God finally got a hold of me and called me to ministry while I was at UWM as a student. And I was studying architecture and running cross country. And uh, I grew up in a great home, a great Christian home, um, but, uh, and I had a great church. But I got to campus and I realized uh, one very jarring truth. I had no idea how to be a disciple of Jesus, let alone how to go and make disciples of Jesus. I was a shy kid, and I struggled. And, uh, and, I, and we've experienced a lot of heartbreak on our campus, and our students, even the Christian students, are walking into campus and having that same experience. I don't know how to be a disciple of Jesus who makes other disciples of Jesus. <clears throat> and so this is our heart. This is why Chi Alpha exists. Our students need this, and we need to empower them. And we, as the body of Christ, all of us, this is the call on our lives. So we, we started Chi Alpha two years ago with nothing. We met a couple students through churches like you. That we, we started with three students uh, two years ago in the fall we did with a small group in our home. And over the past two years, we've, we've seen our ministry slowly inch forward as we have been imparting this, this mission in their hearts. And uh, we ended that year with five students. So we grew. And then the, the next fall, that, this past fall, we we started with two small groups, Catherine and I, and we did a large group service on Wednesday night. And now we ended the year last spring with we'll have 11 of us small group leaders for the fall with six different small groups to go out and reach our campus in just a couple of weeks. So we are so thrilled of what God is already doing as he's gathering us a community of people to love our campus and to reach our campus and to fight for our campus. Um, and so, uh, and our students need it. I mean, you, you've probably heard a lot of the, the needs and, and what is going on on our college campuses. And it can be a really scary place for a Christian. And in UWM has a lot of stigmas that it's a bad place to go. As Pastor Mark already shared, it's a great campus. It's a great school. And I want to urge you all the more, like, we need the Christians to go to those places. But we want to be there with them and help them and walk with it because the university is pushing against faith, saying it's a fiction or there's, there's other things that we should push away from, right? And, and, and there's uh, the gender identity and sexual stuff on our campus that our students, our Christian students and non-Christians, have, they're, they're being fed this stuff and without anyone to walk with them in it, we'll start going down that path as well. And then on top of that, the depression and the anxiety that students are experiencing. Loneliness is massive on our campus. Massive. So many students are walking lonely. I was one of them. I was one of those lonely students who had no idea how to break out of that. 
And so we're there to be with them and to go to the university, as Jesus called us, to go and make disciples who make disciples. That is our heart. That is our mission. Disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus, not only on our campus, but also as they graduate, that they would continue to do that in their workplace, to reach their workplace. And especially our international students that we reach, that they also would leave campus and go across the world and make disciples who make disciples all across the world. And so this morning, I kind of want to share about this idea of discipleship, of how we do it, why we do it the way we do. And and I hope that you get a a better sense of what Chi Alpha is all about. You know who Jeff and Catherine are, and you know our mission is. But also, I pray that it would encourage you, because we're all disciples of Jesus. And we all need to learn how to be the disciple he's called us to be, who makes other disciples. How we do that in our regular, everyday lives. So, um, would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning? It'll be on the screen. <clears throat> and I'm going to try and read it. Actually, no, I'll just use my phone if that's okay. College. We use this a lot. We're going to start in verse 14. Verse 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is where Kyle actually gets its name. I'll explain that in a minute. All right. If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say hold up. All right, all right. I heard a hold up. Okay, we good? All right, let's do it. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 starts in this way. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we were once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he, was, he has committed to us the message or the word of reconciliation. And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who, knew, who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Pray with me this morning. Jesus, thank you for your word. We thank you that we can uh, know you. We can know your heart. We thank you that you are with us. You're, you didn't just give us a, a word that, that is distant from you, but this is living and active and you're with us and your spirit is with us. Jesus, would you help us know your heart a little bit more this morning? Whether we've been walking with Jesus for years and years and years, or this is brand new, would you help us see another piece of who you are so that we can know your heart and walk with you in a truer way today and tomorrow, this week, and for the rest of our lives? Help us, Lord, to be disciples who make disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What I love about this passage, which uh, Christ's ambassadors, that's what Chi Alpha stands for. The Greek letters, Christo Apostoloi, Christ's ambassadors or sent ones. And I love this passage so much because there's, there's two distinct kind of 
things about it. One is there's the urgency. Do you notice the urgency? Christ's love compels us to go. And in verse 20, it says, we, we beg you or we, we urge you, or what is the verse that the, this passage said? Uh, we implore you. All right, there's this urgency to this gospel. And I hope you feel that. But the other part is, there's this sentness that we, we go with Jesus. We don't stay, we don't uh, uh, pull away, but we go. The more we get to, to know Christ's love, for us and for the world, we will feel the urgency and the sentness of his love and his, his gospel for us. And it reminds me of the Great Commission, right? To go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to obey all that I've commanded. And though I'll be with you always. Like this is the command for us as the church to go as disciples to make more disciples who obey Jesus and are baptized into his name. So this is our command. However, we experience this doing ministry. We've been doing Chi Alpha now for six years, two here in Wisconsin, four in, in Minnesota. We came to a point where we realized, how do we make disciples? Because we know how to do church. We both grew up in the church. We've done services. We've done uh, things. We kind of just plug into the system. It's really easy to kind of plug into the system. But how do you actually make a disciple? And I had this dawning moment. It's kind of uh, humbling to have to admit that this morning. But it was just a few years ago that I started to ask that question. How do you make a disciple? Has anyone ever asked that question? It's a big question. And I didn't know. And I was that student in college who didn't know. But yet I, I, I've read passages like this and I felt the urgency of it to go. So how do we do that? Especially in the regular life, in the daily stuff that you all walk through. And so <clears throat> we, as missionaries to our campus, are always trying to help our students grasp what does it mean to be a disciple? And how do you make another disciple? And it's a big, big topic. There's a lot to say about this because walking with Jesus is a lifelong thing and he's infinite. And so we can't know everything about him. So we are going to spend all of eternity getting to know him. So how do you like boil that down to something I can give to someone? And we, we talk about principles and little, we, we say isms, little phrases that help us build off of that. And I want to share with one of you, this is what I shared with Pastor Mark a couple weeks ago. Um, and, and talking about disciples, we say, and this is a thing we say often in Chi Alpha, and I hope you hear it over and over again today. We are disciples who find, fight, and feed. This is what a disciple does. Find, fight, feed. And I want to walk through them with you to help you see what it means for us. How do we do Chi Alpha? So you can know how to pray for us. But also, I hope it equips you. So find. What do we mean by that? It's pretty obvious. Find people. We find people. We proactively are looking for people to befriend, to love to get in their world and invite them into our world and begin discipling them. And you can see it in this passage. There's this, right, the sentness, right, um, that, that, we, that God's love compels us to go. We're going out to people. We no longer view ourselves. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for Jesus and his mission, which is to save the world. And so we go with him to find people. And we beg them on behalf of God, be reconciled to God. So there's this element. we got to go out and find people. <clears throat> and we believe 
that is not just the, we're going to go tell the campus about Jesus and then come back. We want to go and be in the midst and do life with them. And so when we talk about find, we're talking about relationship. And I believe this, and it's on your screen, the kingdom of God is established on relationship. And so we want to spend time with our students. Get in their world. Find out what they love and join them in it. I go and play basketball with guys all the time. And I'm sure many of you have found niches in your world where you can go and and be with other people just to be with them and love them and build a friendship. Because it's so much easier to start sharing about who Jesus is when there's friendship and trust. And our culture has moved away from like an expert in, or a, a religious leader has some sort of authority in our culture. It's no longer that way. A pastor doesn't get to say, follow Jesus now and, and be trusted and received. So we want to go and build friendship. And so we find people. And in three weeks or two weeks now, students are going to start moving onto campus. And for us, it's like built-in opportunity to go and find people who need to be found. Because they're looking for people. They're looking for relationships. They're looking for someone to get plugged into and so uh, we, we desperately go on the campus and we spend time on campus. We chalk all over the campus so they can know who we are and where we are. And, and, and we go to find them and build a relationship with them and invite them into something we have, a cookout or volleyball, just so we can get to know them. And it's not about numbers. It's not about me. It's not about so I can feel good about having a bunch of people that I'm discipling or I've found. But it's the heart of God. It's about relationship. And we say to our students, um, the next student you meet might be your potential next best friend. And God wants to say that that individual has a story, and so we want to go find them. And the how to it, our phrase that we say, our ism about how, is let's get them in the soup. Get them in the soup. What we mean by that is like, we as Chi Alpha, we do stuff together. We do lunch together, we play games together, we, 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 we do Bible studies, we do services, we go places together, we, like, we do life together. So let's get them into what we do and invite them into all the other, the regular stuff. The stuff, maybe they won't come to a service, but they might come hang out at Holy Hill. And so we do that. Just get them into what we do. Get them in the soup. And as they stay and just keep coming back, their flavor, they will come to the surface and the soup kind of changes. It's a great, it's a great image, isn't it? Get them in the soup. So we say that often. Our students really love that. Get them in the soup. And it's a way we can honor each individual to recognize they each have a piece of God in them. And we're going to know God better by each individual person we meet. So we got to go find them, though. And we go. <clears throat> and the next thing we, have, we do is we fight. We fight. And as we are finding people, we realize that sometimes uh, they don't want to be around us or maybe they're a little loose. I mean, college students are so flaky sometimes and it's really annoying. But we realize that some, one principle we need to be, we, we need to fight for them. And even as they kind of evade us, we keep, we keep sending the text because we care so deeply about them. It's not just a number. They're not just a, a face in a crowd. They're a person that God wants to redeem, restore, call, and, and, and love. And so... So we want to fight for them. That's persistence. And it's this desire that we are able to speak the truth in love and not just have friendships, right? We found people we built relationships with, but we have to go a step further and we fight for them and and fight for their, their future, not just their feelings. And as we've built a friendship with them, we're building that trust to get in their world a little bit. Again, 
is hard. But as Christians, this idea that we need to speak truth in love is no more important than it's ever been right now in our culture. Nobody wants to hear truth in our culture. College students do not want to hear us talking about the gospel. So we have to find ways where we can do this in love. But we need to. The urgency of the gospel demands. God God calls us to do it. But how? Persistence. Keep being in their world. Keep fighting for them. Keep sending the text. As you meet people at the movie in the park in a, in a couple weeks, as you meet them, build a friendship with them. Start fighting for them. Get in their world. Invite them into your home and, and, and get to know them that way or, or go get coffee or whatever. But keep fighting, being persistent. We can't fight for everyone, right? We, I can't fight for all of you and all of our college students and all the campus and all the campuses on campus. I can't do all of it, but I can fight for five and I can equip them to go fight for five more and we can reach the world that way. Persistence. We fight for them. We care about their future. So when was the last time someone fought for you? And when was the last time you fought for someone else? Who's fighting for you and who are you fighting for? Who's the last person? Someone said, hey, man, uh, when was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? They're fighting for you in that moment. They're they're, they're admonishing you and encouraging you to go as a sent one of Jesus. We say that often to each other. We push each other to be obedient to Jesus. That's what a disciple is. They're obedient to Jesus. And so we encourage each other to do that. And we, we fight for each other in the church, in our body. But we also fight for those that don't know him yet. We fight for our campus. And we're going to do everything we possibly can to make disciples on our campus. And lastly, we feed. You know, it's so easy to do the first two steps. And Jesus never really comes up. It's really easy to, to, to play basketball with students and get in their world and fight for them, care about what they're going through, but not ever say Jesus or go through that conversation. And, and part of it, there's good intention to it because we don't want to push people away, right? I don't want to be pushed. I don't want to be that pushy Christian. I, I won't be that. But how will they know? How will they hear who Jesus is, that he is everything we need? Do we really stand on that ourselves? Because we say we feed our students Jesus. I mean, he's everything. He's the only one that's substance enough for us to stand and live and and go. But we do it. We we fight for ways to do it authentically and real. And one of the ways we've realized we do this, we ask the question, what do we talk about? Why doesn't he come up? What are the things we end up talking about? And uh, there's a great author out there. His name is Jeff Vanderstelt. He wrote a book called Gospel Fluency. And in it, he said, we talk about what works and we talk about what we love. I love food and sports. The more you get to know me, you're going to know that I love food and sports. You're going to know that I know what works on a basketball court and what doesn't work and why I love it so much. What foods I like and what doesn't work. Cooking methods. Recently, this is so much fun. I, I love to cook, and I love chicken wings, right? Who doesn't love chicken wings? But I struggle to find the right method to cook chicken wings. And so I've, the past you know, couple years, I've been kind of trying new things, and I recently stumbled upon it, and it works every time how I cook my wings. 
And they, they taste great. They're, I have my own sauce that I make, and it's awesome. And I love to share it with people because it works, and I love it. Right? We talk about what works and what we love. Jesus is the fullest measure of that. Or he should be. Does he work in your life? Does his gospel work in you? And if, if he doesn't, then let's start there. Let's ask questions there. Let's dive into that. Do the, the classes that Pastor Mark was talking about so that you can understand how does the gospel work because I'm not experiencing it working in my life. And do you love him? And it's kind of like what Pastor Susan, you were saying during worship, it was like talking about faith. Like, I, I, believe, I don't believe, but help me in my own belief. I believe, and it's kind of like this coming into belief, Right? All of walking with Jesus is going from unbelief to belief in every area of our life. In the same way with, do we love him? Or there's going to be days where you don't love Jesus. But as you continue to walk with him, you're going to love him more and more and more and more often. Last fall, I, I, with my small group, with my guys, we read through First John together. And we read the whole book one night, and we talk about main ideas. And we read the whole book the next week and talk about main ideas. And we kept coming to the same concept. This book is really about... Do we really love Jesus or do we love idols more? There's a lot of other stuff in there, but that was a theme we kept coming back to. Do we really love him? Because if we did, we wouldn't live this way. But yet we see sin in our life, so we must not love God. But no, I do love him, but I still do this stuff. And so there's these days where we love him, but we don't, we don't really love him. We say we love him, but it's not actually coming out. And so we ask these questions. Do we really love him? Is he really working in our life? And we get with him. We spend time with Jesus so he can feed us. And as we, as he feeds us and gives us something, as we see the gospel working in our lives and, and we see how much we love him, he's going to spill out of you. He's going to ooze out of you. And it's going to be real because it's actually happening in your world. It's not just the truth you read or heard, but it's something that now you're experiencing. And I'm sure most of you have experienced that. And our students, this is something they're starting to encounter for the first time because now their faith is their own. And as they encounter the real Jesus, it starts oozing out. And I love the language sometimes that they use because it's, it's really unique. We, I had a student who, um, after service, he was his first time coming and he's a new believer um, but he came and, and afterwards, we were talking about the mission of the gospel. We go. And afterwards, I came and asked him, you know, what do you think? He said, well, I, I'm not ready to re- recruit for Jesus yet. And he used that word. I didn't use that word. He used that word, recruit for Jesus. And he, he was just really apprehensive to this idea that we share him. We, share, we let Jesus spill out of us. But it was so cool because as he stayed connected with us and I did life with him, Within the next two or three weeks, he brought two or three people to a Chi Alpha thing because it was just spilling out of him. He loved it. He loved what Jesus was doing. He got it. And he wanted to share it with other people. And people were like, okay, cool, I'll come. One of those guys was named Dan. Dan is like into all kinds of weird spirituality stuff in his background. And he's been addicted to drugs and alcohol. His story is really wild. But he heard Christian talking about this Jesus. And so he came. And he started getting in the soup. He started doing life with us. He had wings, actually, at my place. That was the first time I met him. He had my wings. It was awesome. But we started doing life together. And at one point, he sent me a text. This, this was last spring. He said, I believe in Jesus. And he's still on a journey. He's going from unbelief to belief and back and forth. And he's had a lot of stuff in his life. But he's getting closer because we're feeding him Jesus. We're fighting for him. 
And someone like Christian found him. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We find people, we fight for them, and we feed them. This is what we do on our college campus every day. And this is why God has called us to go there. That's where we are, and so we're going to be there. We're going to do everything we can for the sake of the kingdom of God. Remember, the kingdom of God is built on relationship. So who, where can you find someone? Where can you find them and be with them in the midst? Coworkers, neighbors, the people around us. We're still working on our neighbors. We, we live in a house with people around us, and we haven't gotten to know all of them and started displaying the gospel yet because we've been distracted by other things. But they're right there. We need to love them and pray about, how God, how do we do this? <clears throat> but we're ambassadors of Jesus. We're his representatives. And if it's this hesitancy to go and join him, then stop and move back. Jesus, who are you? And, talk, and just get to know his heart a little bit more. Because the more you get to know his heart, you'll write like Paul wrote here, with urgency, with sentness to go because Christ's love compels us. And that's why we go to the campus. Because Jesus was the first one who found us. He's the first one who fought for us. To the utmost, right? He laid down his very life and he died for us. That's the fullest measure of being fought for. We have been fought for with Jesus. And he fed us. And he's feeding us. And now he says, join me. The Great Commission, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, ambassadors of Christ, join him in his mission. And I pray that as you get to see a better picture of what Chi Alpha is, that you would join all the, the body of Christ all across the world in going to make disciples who make disciples. Because Jesus found you and he fought for you. He's feeding you. There's no one more worth living for than Jesus. And I want to end this morning with this verse. This is the last verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It said, He, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf. That is so sweet. The gospel is so sweet and good. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the one who found us. You left your home and you came to dwell with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And you fought for us. Even when we were still sinners, you died for us. So that we could know you and receive from you, be fed from you. Help us, Lord, to find, fight, feed as you did to those around us, to be sent ones, to be ambassadors of your name, not our name, but your name. And as we sing that your, your name would be great. Great are you, Lord. You are greater. May that be the tone of how we do this. Because Jesus is so good, because his love is so powerful and potent and life-changing and world-changing, we go. There's nothing more tangible. There's nothing more beautiful. There's nothing more good in this world. How could we not? So help us, Lord. Help all of us in our unbelief, in our days where we, we don't even know how to do it, don't even know how to get up. God, help us to be your sent ones. Equip us with your Holy Spirit to go to proclaim your name, not our name.
In Jesus' name we pray.